When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and happy Friday. Some of you are back in the swing of work and school and life is now moving in 2022. I want to say welcome to 2022. As every year, we have no idea what the future holds. Uh, But I will say it's been a hard couple of years for a lot of us. You are like, "Uh, Jamie, that is exactly right. Well, I just want to say I see you. I'm with you. I'm really hopeful that this year in the midst of difficultness that we can still be people who want to do what is right, who want to be loving, who want to be kind who want to be encouraging. And that's what we hope this show is to you as well, a place where you can show up and you can listen to a conversation that you know is going to be encouraging. It's going to point us to Jesus. And it might even make us uncomfortable sometimes, but I'm really glad that you're here. This is a really fun community and it is a joy. It is a joy to be here with you. On Wednesday, we released a mini series that we released in 2019 to our Patreon community. So not all of you heard it. And so we thought, let's bring it back at the beginning of January, 2022. So on Wednesday's episode, if you didn't hear it, Laura Casey started it out and then Michelle McKinney joined in as well. And you only heard half of Michelle's interview. So today is the final part of Michelle's interview. And after that, my friend Jennifer All Wood has a conversation with me that you're going to enjoy as well. As you heard from Michelle on Wednesday, she is a really great role model for how to uplift women and lead them to where they want to go. I love partnering with people like that. And then today, Jennifer Allwood is here and she reminds us that we don't achieve our dreams overnight. That is something that is so good for us to be reminded of. Things do not happen overnight. God gives us each next step and we just have to be obedient to the small things along the way. She also gives some practical advice on whether or not an idea can be successful. And it's very, very helpful. I hope you guys enjoyed these conversations today. And I would like to ask a favor of you, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether that's on your Apple app, on your phone, or you're listening in Spotify or Overcast or Podshape or wherever you're listening, would you go ahead and subscribe to the happy hour? It really helps us when we have people that subscribe to the show. And when you subscribe to the show, you never miss an episode and you have access to over 500 conversations that we've had throughout the years with some of your favorite people on topics that matter to you and to the world. And so go ahead and hit that subscribe button and show up every Wednesday and Friday to join us here on the happy hour. You guys, without further ado, here's the rest of Michelle's conversation. And then my friend Jennifer Allwood joins us at the end. Okay, next question is from Alexandria Fox. And Alexandria says this, I feel like I'm all over the place with what my goal should truly be. I want to do 20 different things. I know so many of us can relate to this. (laughs) How can you narrow in on what goals you should focus on and which ones are frivolous? This is probably, I'm going to guess this feels like a really big problem for a lot of women. 
Yeah, totally. Alexandria, I trust you. You trust me. You are not alone. Jamie just said the same thing, right? In that, you know, especially for people who are creators, if you are creative and creative in whatever spaces, right, you are often generating new ideas. And um, one of the things I talk to clients about is the difference. um, I think it's Jim Collins. I think that's him that has the book about good to great. And what I, I talk about in that space is that there is a clear delineation because he talks about good companies, but then great companies. And so there are good goals and then there are great goals. And so the question becomes how in the heck, you know, to her point, do I figure out what are the great things and what are the frivolous things? So then the very first question that I I often ask people to determine is what is it that you really want? Like, think about that. What do you really want when you step back and you look at your life? And that's why, you know, even when we were talking about early with the vision board playbooks in the idea of being able to write the vision out. What do you want? And then when you think about what is it that I really want, what do I need to be able to get there? Because you're right. There are some things that, you know, as you list them out and I'll give you actually, this is a really good tip. I think anyway, that I, when clients and I, we're walking through all the different things that they're passionate about. I ask them to rank every single one of those things on a scale of one to 10. And the one is usually these are the things that Michelle, I just gave you that to fill up this page. I don't care if I do that. But right. 10 in terms of passion, that's the thing that's like, oh my God, Michelle, if I don't do this right here, I will feel like I left this world in a void in terms mm. of being able to make an impact. That's a difference. And so yeah. when we see those numbers and something has a four or a two or even sometimes a six and they've got some tens and some nines up there, I'm like, girl, that four can't even contend with the 10. And so, yes, it's something that you have the capacity to do and the interest in doing. But in terms of making your life count and being able to, one of my bosses used to say, leave it all on the field, meaning Mm -hmm. everything that you were supposed to put your hand to, that you left it all out here on the field. And so that's where it comes to figure out what's the frivolous stuff and what's the stuff that's really going to have the greatest impact. Now, what I tell them to do is when they make that list, I don't want them to totally mark out to the point where you cannot read the other things anymore, the things that are like the fours and the fives, right? It's not that you may never do those things. It's just that in this season of your life where God has you positioned, the things that you've been exposed to and the things that get your fire raging, those particular things need your attention right now in this Mm. season of time. Because there's this thing that people say that drives me bananas that what God has for me will not pass you by. I feel like it's a lie because I believe that just, you know, just the same thing that produce and things like that, they are living, right? And at some point they're going to expire if you just leave it on the shelf. I believe that same way about our dreams and our visions. There will come a time that if you wait to respond to the things that are calling for your for your um, for your time and attention, it won't be needed anymore because quite possibly God will raise somebody up. Just as I talk often about Esther four fourteen, and that He tells you know she's told by Mordecai that if you remain silent at this time, relief for the Jews is going to come from somebody else through somebody, yeah. It's going to come through somebody because the miss, the problem, I think the challenge that we have with our thoughts is that this idea and this dream is for us. And it's like, no, 
This is to this is to benefit and impact somebody else. So if you think you got all the time in the world to do this when you pick when you choose to pick it up, no, because just as important and as passionate as you are, please understand and believe that God's even more passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So being able to look at that list of things, put some numbers to it, and then as I said, don't mark it out to the point that you can't see it, because even once you determine what your nines and your tens are, or even some ways that are creeping up as an eight those fours and fives, they're going to come back again. You're going to see something and it's like, oh my gosh, I got to do something about that. Mm. I want you to see it as a distraction. Yes, you could do it, but it's a distraction. Now, all I'm saying is that in this space, you're not going to be intentional about it. If a girlfriend calls you and says, hey, we're having a, I don't know, we're having a paint and sip or we're doing a whatever it is, that thing is, then yeah, go ahead and go and enjoy it. I'm not saying don't go do it, but in terms of being intentional about your time and growing and creating it, I'm saying put it off to the side for now. That's good. That's good. And I even, as you were talking, started to think about even some of my priorities with my kids rising and falling a little bit on there because I've got a kid who's a freshman now. So I'm thinking I have three and a half years until Mm -hmm. he goes to college. And so some of my goals for parenting with him are creeping up to the top a little bit more, you know, I'm seeing a little bit more value in some things Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. my time with him is shorter. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Alexandria, I hope that helps. Okay. Last question is from Sarah Ferguson. Sarah says this, I struggle with coming up with goals to set. Literally the next big thing on my calendar is retirement. And that's at least 10 years (laughs) away at the earliest. So what do you say to someone who's just going, I don't even know what goals to set or how to set goals or I don't, I don't know. You tell me to set a list of 10 things. I got one thing. I don't even know. What do you, what's, what's your advice for that? I'm trying to retire. I'm looking at my 401k. I know. Hey, Sarah. And thanks for being so transparent about that. Cause I'm sure you are not the only person in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's interesting. I think what I would say, if I think about perhaps maybe where you are, Sarah, is that there is a, there's a delineation between um, just surviving and just thriving and mm-hmm. or existing. I'll say existing, right? When we're in that space and it's just like, listen, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking at my retirement. And she said, that's like 10 years down the road. I would want to say with a whole lot of sisterly love as your sister, that you are perhaps in a space where you are just existing. What does existing look like, right? Mm-hmm. Existing looks like waking up each morning and just going through the motions and you know doing the same routine each day. And not being able to give yourself the opportunity to be able to dream. And so one of the things that um, it's a little bit of um, pre-work that I sometimes will have clients do is when you're in that space and you're just like, I don't even know, Michelle, I don't have any dreams. What I like to give them to do is to grab a journal um, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, it could be a piece of paper. It doesn't matter just as long as it's something. And I encourage you to have a little bit of quiet time, right? And the way that I do this for me when it's like, I feel like I'm kind of stuck and stagnant. I just have no idea is I just start writing. And in that, for me, the way that I do it is I start out where I'm just like, dear father or dear God, you know, whichever name I choose to use. And in that space of, even if I don't know what to say, I actually write, I don't know what to say. I have Mm -hmm. a journal where I have for a couple of pages. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. What should we have for dinner? And so I'm literally like getting all that out. It's sort of like in um, where I live. 
I don't necessarily just turn on the tap water and just put my glass underneath it. I know it may make no sense at all, but this is what I do. I turn on the tap, I turn on the tap and I let it run for a little bit. And then I put my glass underneath it. And the reason is because in my head anyway, I feel like there's some residue sitting in that pipe Mm -hmm. and I don't want that residue inside of my glass. I feel that way about our dreams and our goals. I feel like there's residue, there is negative self-talk, there is just life that has happened to us that's just sitting there. And it's like almost like a trash compactor almost, if you imagine your body as one where, you know, because life just happens and you're just trying to, you know, make it through life each day and survive the things that are happening to you, sometimes you can just start to push your dreams down further and further and further and further down. And so what I'm asking you to do is just allow it to give some breath, some, um, some breathing air again. Mm. And so that's where that, that thing of just let everything come up, like everything that's, that's hindering perhaps your ability to dream, allow all of that stuff to come up. And then in that journaling space, just begin to ask God, what would you have me to do? What am I interested in? And then the next thing that I would ask you to do is just start to explore. Just start to, you know, if you haven't done any adventurous things, that doesn't mean you're out there rock climbing because I will not be on anybody's (laughs) mountain climbing nothing. But just in terms of going out to try new things, go explore some things, go start to do the thing that maybe the thing that you thought about doing five years ago and you never did it. But it's really just to begin to stoke the fires again, to start dreaming, you know, in another sort of space because you have so much living to do between now and the next 10 years in terms of impact that you can have on other people, whether it's in your household, in your community or all over the world. And so we want you to be able to use that impact there. You know, that's really good for Sarah who says she's, you know, 10 years away at the earliest from retirement. But I think about that too, Michelle, I feel like there's Mm -hmm. also something that happens to women who, if they decide to become a mom and they have kids, There can be the season of, you know, if you have multiple little kids at your home where you feel as though my goal is to get to bedtime with a, you know, maybe a glass of wine and an episode of This Is Us, you know, like (laughs) the goals seem really low around here. And so I think um, that that I can sense with women who are in Mm -hmm. the, just the trenches of babies and parents. The, the thought of setting any kind of goal besides mm-hmm. bedtime is hard. And I feel like what you mm-hmm. just said kind of speaks to that as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thing I, I appreciate you talking about even that stage is that you got to know your season of life, mm-hmm. you know, and that I, I talk about this whole thing about, you know, I think growing up this whole thing about the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Mm-hmm. The way that I kind of like put her on this pedestal in my head based on the way that it was taught to me anyway, or it was, you know, projected was that she was this woman that just did it all. She was like superwoman and she just like got up early in the morning and she was making textiles and she was serving people all at the same time until I started to really look at it and began to teach it. And what I learned was that, no, she was doing all this stuff in different seasons of her life. And not only that, she had help because it says she goes out to her maidservant. So Mm -hmm. she had help, Mm -hmm. right? And so you have to understand and know the season of life that you're in, which is why it's important not to get hyped up by social media and compare what another person is doing in their life because they're not living yours. Mm -hmm. There have been seasons, like for example, when we came through, when um, when we brought my daughter home from Ethiopia, you know, that season of my life was crazy bananas 
Christmas season because we had a little one back at home. And so some of the things that, you know, I used to be able to do, I just couldn't do anymore. This season that I have in my life right now, like another baby growing a business, there are things that I really desire to do with my girlfriends, but I just don't have it in me. I desire to do them, but I just don't because in this season I can't. So what I encourage people to do is to be honest with the people around you and say, look, I would love to do this. I would love to do that. But in this season of my life, I just don't have it in me. Now, when I can, I will, Mm -hmm. but being willing to put up those boundaries, but most importantly, know your season. So if you're in a season and you are a mom of a bunch, you know, of a a few littles, you know, know that there are going to be some things that you may not set the big lofty goals right now, but let's say you had a, let's say you have a desire to be a teacher. Now I don't know why I'm using that, but just use it as an example, right? You had a, you have a desire to be a teacher, right? But you are the parent that stays at home. Your husband works outside of the home, right? It doesn't mean you just kill Mm -hmm. the dream. Well, and it doesn't mean maybe you're in a season that you can't go to school right now. So what can you do in terms of learning how to become a better teacher? How can you get better at your craft right where you are? Even if all you got right now is a good 30 minutes and 20 of those is on the toilet Mm -hmm. while the kids are eating their snack. I hear you. Yep. Mm hmm. So that I think it's important to be able to know your season. I think that's good. I love the seasons thing. I think that's super important. And I think it's really easy for people who are in a season that's more difficult to do things like say a young mom and they're looking at a mom who all her kids are in high school and they're like, I wish I could do all the things she does. Well, her kids got on the bus at seven and they get off at four, you know, so (laughs) that's a whole different life. Um, Exactly. Yeah. But I think something else that you said is really important that I would like to talk about too, because you talked you know, we're talking about goals and dreams here. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, um, you know, if we're talking about how a woman's chasing a dream, what that might look like, and you and I have both mm-hmm. started things and it takes a lot of work to start things. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, mm-hmm. tell your girlfriends, I can't do this right now. And I think mm-hmm. that when I started working more than mm-hmm. I had, because I had been a stay-at-home mom and then I had this little hobby, you know, and then a little bitty mm-hmm. job. And now I, I work more. One of the hardest things for me has been not being able to do some of the things that my other friends can do because yeah. of the way our schedules are different. Yeah, and so absolutely. I think the the conflict can, in our hearts can be where we just kind of, we start to feel jealous or we start to mm-hmm. be envious of what they have, or we start mm-hmm. to think that we're better because we're working and they're staying home. Mm-hmm. And so I think the preventative measure for all of that is just to talk about it to say, Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. do lunch on Wednesdays anymore, but I can do happy hour on Thursday night when my husband's home and the kids are in bed. Just, you know, having those conversations, I think is really important. Yeah. And you know, the other thing though, Jamie, I think that that I've learned over the years too, is that, and this is hard to say sometimes and just hard to, I think for all of us to receive is that some friendships, unfortunately do have seasons, you know, to them that there are friendships that I thought were going to be forever. And I'm not telling people to, to you know, for to sure, right. kill your friendships. I'm not saying that. But there are friendships that, you know, during different seasons of our life, we spend an extensive amount of time together. And one thing that I've learned um, over the last couple of years and I prayed about, I asked God to send women in my life who are kind of where I am, you know, mm. who are in that space of they get it, right? And I don't have to over explain it. And I don't have to feel guilty that I have to say no to yet another event. Mm -hmm. that everybody else is going to. And so like, even I I know that you recently, I think met Angela Brianna, um, 
of this yes. together mm-hmm. nest. And she literally for me has become among others like Susan Ramirez, people like that. They've become answered prayer for me because those are women who are kind of in the trenches and get it. And I can be my most transparent self. Like I can just let it all hang loose mm. and they get it and they can challenge me, but then they can offer me a girl, it's going to be okay. That yeah. kind of deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've been so grateful for, of course, the friends who I've had over this, you know, extended period of time, but I'm also grateful for new friendships also that God is sending my way of women who get it, that I don't have to feel guilty and I don't have to over explain, um, who know that it's not necessarily the quality, the quantity of time that we get, but sometimes it is the quality of time that we get too. And I know that's not easy. Um, and you know, sometimes, you know, things just kind of shift and it is a very, very hard, um, sort of deal. But if you do have friendships and you guys, as you said, can talk about them and be honest and kind of work through them, it's fantastic. I think that it's also helpful to be able to have women or men, whoever, you know, whichever, uh, wherever you are in that can kind of understand where you are and walk through that season of your life with you too. It's so good. It's so good. Well, Michelle, I am a fan of yours. I'll just tell you that. Right back at you, honey. And I, we both were just at the Noonday Collection uh, Shine Conference, which I'm telling you, I I am about to tell Jessica, I'll pay her to let me come every year and just sit in there. I learned so much when I'm there and you did a phenomenal job of emceeing that conference. I mean, it was just so so fun to be there. So incredible. It's incredible. We're we're both we're both like noonday and <laughs> Jessica fans over here. Come every year, even if we just get to sit. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to become an ambassador once a year just for the conference. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> People think I work for noonday sometimes. I'm like, nope, just love them. Just, just love, love them. Me too. Just love them. Um, okay. Well, Michelle, tell everyone uh, where they can find you, where you like to hang out online, yeah. and that good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jamie. So the two spaces are the website to get more detailed information in terms of. Um, what we do, services we provide, and how to book me for speaking events is www.dreams-unleashed.com. And then the party happens every day over on Instagram at michelle.mckinney. It is a party on Instagram. And everyone go follow Michelle there because you... It's not only a fun page to follow you, but you also really do give out great, great advice. And you know what? I'm going to tell you this while I have the microphone, I have a chance. One thing that I love that you do, Michelle, that I have noticed is you are a builder up of women. And and I'll tell you what I've noticed is that you, you, you do... What you say on your webpage of yes. of wanting to you know help women discover and define and live out their dreams and purposes, mm-hmm. you really do embody that in the way oh. that you also put light on women and put light on the businesses they're doing and you build them up. And so oh, I, I am encouraged you. by you online. So thank, thank you. you. For that. Thank you. I know you are so authentic with your words. So that really means a lot to me. Thank you. Well, I do mean it. I wouldn't <laughs> say it. I love you. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. 
If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night. Student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. the show, Jen. Yes, I'm so glad to be here, Jamie. (laughs) Oh, okay. Thanks for coming on. This is a special show because these are for our people who they love the happy hour and they are invested in the happy hour. And so we're bringing them extra shows, which is so much fun because one of the things I love to do is create content for my people. And so this is a great way. And we're finishing up our mini series on dreams and goals. And we thought there's no better person to finish this mini series than you. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, you know what? When I heard that you were doing a second podcast, I'm like, my goodness, that girl, she is a mover and a shaker. And I love that you serve so well your audience because I have a podcast and I know how much, you know, work and effort goes into that. So for you to have two, that takes you to new levels, sister. I love it. You're so sweet. Okay. Your podcast. I listen to your podcast. I'm a faithful listener. Um, And so tell everyone what your show's about. Um, yeah, so it's the Jennifer Allwood show and it's basically, um, encouraging women, um, and in particular women in business and in particular, particular women in business who are like creatives. And so, um, you know, I have so many people that listen to my podcast, Jamie, who are not business owners and they tell me they can get lots of tips and tricks and ideas for their life out of it. But I do usually come from a business perspective and I think it's because that's just my story. I started a painting business years ago before I had any kids and then, um, kept having babies like rabbits, like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And so I stayed home and raised kiddos and ran a business from home. And so my heart is really for the like work from home mom who's trying to kind of hustle while her kids are, you know, at nap time. And yeah. so the podcast is for um, business women. There you go. I, I love it so much because every time I listen, uh, because 
we are friends. Sometimes I'm like, I think I'm going to send her a boxer or I think I'm going to send her a message. Like, I just want to say, thank you. Thank you. I wish you well, and you know what? I had a lady like show up in my DMs this morning on Instagram and she's like, I'm sure you get a million of these messages a day, but I just want you to know what a good job you're doing. And she was like, really, you know, just sweet, total stranger. And I messaged her back and I'm like, you know what? You have no idea just like what little words of encouragement to complete strangers on the internet could mean. And so I was so grateful for just like her encouragement this morning. And so please always send me a little note. Cause mm. you know, you know how it is. You're like, you I see, do, yep. stats, you see how many people are downloading and listening. And yet you wonder like, but is it making a difference? Do they like it? I mean, you know, as a creator, you know, you kind of go through those things where you're like, is what I'm doing, is it making a difference in the world? Yeah. It's why I, people will send in emails to us about how much they love the show or my book yeah. or when I was speaking. Mm-hmm. And although I don't have the bandwidth to respond to everyone, I read every single one. Absolutely. And it's just good for me because your job and my job sometimes, and a lot of creatives as well, mm-hmm. are spent kind of in isolation sometimes. If you're creating stuff online, you work alone a lot. And so it's fun. It's why when people come to a book line and they're like, oh, can I tell you something? I'm like, yes, I love to hear why you love what we're doing because it makes a difference. Yeah. And I'm such an introvert too, that I I love being alone and I love, um, you know, my downtime and I love not talking to people, even though I talk to people for a living, it's the craziest thing that God's done. But I, so I've kept this folder, Jamie, in my both outlook because I'm a dinosaur and in (laughs) Gmail and in both places, it's called encouragement. And I just like, I push the things over there after I read them that just bless my soul because there are days when you get crappy emails, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and, or crappy things on Facebook. And, you know, with the size of my following, I probably get more than the average bear. And, um, and so it's always good to just be like, you know what, I've got 99 things in this folder that say that what I'm doing matters. And I can ignore that one, um, from the knucklehead who says otherwise. So I, agree. I, love, I love keeping that encouragement at my fingertips. I love that. Okay. So before we get to my questions that I have about goals and dreams, I want to yeah. tackle some personal things first. Um, yes. do you remember when you were on the show? I do, because I remember just thinking what, um, it was like one of those things, Jamie. So I first heard about you probably two or three years ago from my friend Christine. And she was like, have you heard of the happy hour? And I'm like, I haven't. She's like, honey, you got to listen to the happy hour. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, she's one of those friends that like, I take what she says. And I'm like, okay, if Christine says, listen, I listen. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this girl and I were, we're kind of on the same level with our hearts here. And, um, and so it was really cool to be able then to text Christine and be like, yo, remember when you told me two years ago to listen to the happy hour? Well, guess what? I'm actually a guest on Jamie's show. So that was super fun for me. That is so great. So it was last February, episode number 181. If anyone wants to go back and listen to it, but you've had a big life change since you were on the show. Like I would say a really big life change. Whereas you added some to your family, not that your body, you didn't birth a baby. So give our listeners who remember you from the show, who are going to go back, tell us what happened about six months ago. Yeah. Well, one of the things, um, you know how, like, you know how Jamie, if you're ever at like Disneyland, which by the way, I don't go to Disneyland, but you see somebody and they have like on a t-shirt from, you know, like we live in Kansas city. So if I was to see somebody with a chief's shirt, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like just resonate with a complete stranger just because they have something in common with Uh you. And I know that when I was listening to the happy hour and I knew that adoption was a part of your family, I instantly resonated with that because my husband and I, we have three biological children. And about eight years ago, um, 
our youngest was then, well, it was nine years ago. She was two. And I knew always, even before we had biological children, I knew that adoption was important to my heart um, because of parts of my life story that I'm really not able to share on social media. But it's always been something that I've thought I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to adopt one day. We're going to adopt one day. And my husband, you know, is um, he loves Jesus and he loves me. And he's like, okay, so if she says we're going to do that, then, you know, I'm on board with that. So nine years ago, we started all of the um, requirements and the home studies and the making of the books and all of the things. And I'm 47, Jamie, I have to stop mm-hmm. and think, gosh, are you, you're not to that age where you have to stop and think about your age yet, are well, you? I just hit 40. So it's easy right now. I'm oh, 40. Yeah, girl, you're, you're a young pup. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was 38 ish, 39 when we decided to adopt and which isn't young by any realm of the imagination for a, a newborn, but we waited for two years for a newborn and quickly realized, gosh, what was happening was, um, birth mothers would look at, you know, our book, our adoption book. And they would see that we have three, um, children already. And so it seemed like they were always selecting families where their, their precious baby was going to be the only child. Mm -hmm. And we started feeling like, okay, um, Ava's getting older, our youngest. And, you know, by that time she was like four or five and we were like, okay, maybe instead we need to shift directions and to adopt out the foster care system. So we shifted directions. We left all of our profiles open with a couple of different agencies for a newborn, but then we went through all of the courses on adopting out of the foster care system, which when you have three kids, it was a commitment. It was eight Saturdays, um, you know, and that's eight Saturdays of babysitters and that's eight Saturdays of content and, you know, hard stuff for your heart and your ears to hear. And, um, and still nothing happened, Jamie. And so at about four years into it, um, because every year for people that don't know, you have to like redo the home study and they have to recome back out and, you know, talk to your biological kids, make sure you have a fire alarm and everybody's got immunizations and all of the things. And maybe it was different for you guys, Jamie, since you were true for foster care. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, um, we got to the four year mark and I just remember looking at my husband saying, I just can't keep going with this. We'd had a couple of really close calls where we'd prepared our kids, where we really thought we were bringing another child. And then, you know, the kiddo was placed elsewhere. And so I, after four years, I thought, clearly God, I heard you wrong. I mean, maybe this was just, you know, something else. And, and, um, and I didn't hear like I thought I did from you. And so we kind of opted out like in a wrestling match where you like tap the mat and you're done. And so four years ago, we tapped the mat and we were done. And, but I always like knew in the back of my mind, this story is not over yet. And it's interesting over the last four years, Jamie, because I have a blog and a lot of people followed my blog for that whole series on adoption. And, and we would get random emails and I've taken random phone calls in my bank park parking lot from a 16 year old girl, um, just a year and a half ago or so who was pregnant and looking to place her baby. And so different things like that have happened over the last four years. And I've just thought, you know what, God, I don't know what you're up to, but I don't think that that part of our story is over. And Jason and I just tried to maintain a position of we're willing to do whatever, should it come about again, but we're not going to press um, mm. you know, to make anything happen here. Yeah. And so, um, this August we got a phone call from my aunt, um, who is a great grandmother to a little girl. And she said, I really wish that you guys could take and raise her. And I said, well, that's, that's sweet. However, she has parents right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, that sounds lovely. And, um, but her parents were not in a good position to care for her and long story short, and I try to protect her story to some degree. We met her for the first time and thought, gosh, Lord, she's young. She's four and we are not young. Um, and this would be, you know, a huge life change. And so, we kind of thought, well, how could we help the family maybe instead of like, 
adopting or taking her in or, you know, what would that look like? And so we, she was being raised by her great grandmother, um, on a different side of the family. And so we thought, well, we could, you know, help with preschool and take her to preschool, Jamie, and and make sure she gets back and forth every day and trying to think practically, like my business has done really well. We have, you know, the opportunity to be a blessing in that area of paying for some things. And so we talked to the great grandparents on both sides and they were like, that would be awesome. And then we thought, well, what if the first day before she goes to preschool, we just have her come over and we'll like do a little special dinner. And we'd had two play dates at this point is all mm-hmm. twice. We had been with her twice and we thought we could take her to Target and we'll get a cute little like backpack for her and we'll make her first day of preschool a big deal. And why don't we just see if we could have her spend the night? And the great grandmothers were like, yep, that'd be great. You can mm-hmm. have her spend the yeah. night. And, um, and then we never took her home. That's the story. Wow. So, she has been with us for almost um, six months. We are her legal guardians. Both her mom and her dad have um, signed us over as legal guardians for her. And she's been full-time with us for almost six months. And our whole entire world has been rocked in, you know, in a, in a fabulous way. Yeah. Um, but in ways that I never, ever dreamed, Jamie. <laughs> like you just, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? So true. And yep. I had no idea that it would rock every single part of our life. And, and it has, but so, uh, we're going to be better people because of it. I love this so much, but this brings me into some of my questions I want to ask you about because yeah, you have started your business from a long time ago, but now mm-hmm. you've been running it with all your kids in school. And now all of a sudden you have a young kid again. Yeah. Um, What's that? Well, we just kind of keep laughing because it's, it's so funny. I can remember. So Jamie, my business has done really well. And in April of last year, we, well, in February, we bought um, a brand new home and we've been able to completely like remodel the whole thing. It's been such a blast for us. In April, my husband was able to quit his corporate America job and come home and work with me. Um, By summer, we were like, man, this is really cool. Like we are in a really good position, Jamie, all of our kids can wipe their bottoms. Yeah. We have a driver in the house. You know, we can leave on Friday afternoons and we do date days every Friday. And, um, you know, I don't work on Fridays. I only work Monday through Thursday. And so we were just kind of feeling like, um, you know, that song looks like we made it like, that's kind of seriously yeah. what we were like, this is like living. Um, this is, we would get up at Jamie and we, my husband would go for a bike ride. I would go for a jog. We'd come home. We'd meet on the deck, um, you know, with coffee and have Bible time. And, <laughs> and it was just feeling like, okay, wow. Everything we've worked hard, really hard for the last five years online. It's, you know, we're finally eating the fruits of that labor and, and then a toddler. Yes. <laughs> and like, Lord, really? I mean, you know, really? So yeah, we've done the math. We will be 61 when she graduates high school. If she's with us for that long, you'll be and so young that you are, you've well, got this. Girl, I don't know. But, you know, the the thing with becoming a legal guardian is we've said yes to her. Her name is Ari, whether it's for a year or for a lifetime. And we've said yes to her regardless. I don't know how this story is going to end. Her biological parents right now are in no position to be able to take her Mm -hmm. um, back. But that doesn't mean that they never will be. And so, you know, it's a really interesting dynamic. um, And because we want what's best for her, we want what's best for her parents. um, and so, yeah, here we are raising a toddler one back day, in preschool. One day at a time. One day at a time, girl. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about this with there are, I have, and I know you do probably as well, have a lot of mamas who are in your same position. Um, yes. They're just younger than us who are, who are doing this. They're wanting to create some kind of craft or they're creative and they have these ideas, they have these dreams, but they also have children. And so yep. let's talk about that for a minute, you and I, about how do we take what God has gifted us with 
us women and our passions mm-hmm. and our giftings and our talents. And how do we still make those valid and still be mom? So what does that look like for you? Well, and I, yeah, I mean, these conversations can be so tricky to navigate because where my convictions may be, may not be where another woman's may be. And I want you know, to have the ability to have my own convictions. And I want her to have the ability to have her own convictions. Um, we felt very convicted that I was to stay home and to raise the kids when they were small. They are now 17, 15, 11, and of course now four. Um, and so I stayed home with them, but by the time they were able to, you know, walk and talk and get ready for preschool, we did mom's day outs, Mm -hmm. uh, with each of my kids. So that was six hours a week when they were little. And so for six hours a week, Jamie, I would hustle my butt off with my business online. And, you know, I was a master at getting my kids to nap at the same time. <laughs> I've always told God, I can do anything if I'm rested. Yes. And so I need, I need kids that sleep. And, um, and if I can get them to sleep all at the same time, like that will be magical. So that was always a goal to make sure, you know, the boys in particular napped at the same time. So I had like a two hour chunk of time. And so it is so possible in today's day and age to build a business with chunks of time. Mm-hmm. And I will even go as far as to say, Jamie, and I know you're going to agree with this. Um, you know, how like when you have a day when there's nothing on your calendar and you're like, Oh my goodness, I am going to get so much done today because there's nothing on there. Like, you know, I'm going to be so productive and you get like zilch done. Right. And then the day when you have like 10 things on your calendar and you have very little time, you know, for wiggle room and margin is a day when you can just crank out some productivity. Well, I find that moms, they are the very best at cranking out productivity in little chunks of time. And that often they will get more done than a woman who doesn't have kids who has all day to do all of the things. She'll be much more productive in those chunks of time when the kids go to bed early at night or, you know, whatever. And, um, I know that a lot, I utilized girlfriends of mine who also had toddlers. So you take my kiddo for a couple hours. I'll take your kiddo for a couple hours. You know, when the kids were playing, I could sit there and work on blog posts or work on a course or work on whatever. And if she had my kiddos, I could go out and see clients. Um, but it's so possible, I think, today, especially with social media, to make it work um, because you can do social media from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that I hear the most is what would stall women out from chasing a dream and using the giftings that God's given them? Because I, I too, I'm glad that you set it up with, you know, this is different. Whatever your house is set up with is how mm-hmm. it's different yeah. for every, everybody. And I always yeah. like to remind people that living in America, we have most, a lot of people have the luxury of choosing if they want to stay home or work. A lot of people yes. in America don't even have that option either, but I'm saying around the world, it's not even like you go travel to some other countries. You're like, Oh, are you going to stay home? You're going to work. And they're like, well, I have to feed my kids. I'm going to work. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. So I love that starting the conversation with what works for your family. But what I see women get stalled up in sometimes is they figure that those chunks that they're working with and the amount of time that they have they don't feel as though it's adequate because they're looking so far ahead and thinking, mm-hmm. I need to be where she is and not yeah. understanding that she has a different work schedule and she's been doing this longer and all of those things. And so get, let's talk about how do you talk about the woman who is starting out something and she does have mm-hmm. big dreams, big goals, big aspirations. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. But how do we remember that we don't end up there overnight? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
Jamie, if God had showed me five years ago where my business would be at today, I literally would have been like sucking my thumb in a corner <laughs> in the position. Like I couldn't have yeah. handled it. There's no way emotionally I could have handled it. I would have ran in the other direction. Um, and because, and so I think in God's business, he's only going to give us like the next step and the next step. And so what I always encourage women to do is what's God putting in front of you right now? Like, what do you feel like the next thing that you're supposed to be doing is without thinking of, you know, how the whole big picture is going to turn out looking because what I've found just like in our story with Ari, it rarely ends up looking like what we think it's going to look like anyway. And so, um, I found too, Jamie, that when I'm talking to a lot of women is sometimes they will use their kiddos as an excuse Mm -hmm. as to why they're not doing something that God's putting in front of them. So for instance, I'll do this after the kids go to school. I'll do this after the kids graduate high school. Mm -hmm. I'll do this, you know, um, whenever, because the the truth is there's, even when they go to school, then they end up, and I think you made me agree with this in high school somehow over the blink of an eye. And they literally, I feel like my high schoolers need me more right now than my little girls. I am so busy with my kids right now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so there's never a perfect time you know, to be doing anything for a business. But often what a woman will say is, you know, um, I'm going to wait till they're in school. I'm going to wait till they're graduate. I'm going to wait till whatever. But the truth is so often the biggest way you could be a blessing to your children is to actually demonstrate for them right out, live it right out in front of them, doing something for you that God's gifted you with, that God's calling you to while you're raising them. There's nothing that says you can't do both. And, but a lot of women will use their kids as an excuse. And so often I will tell women this too, like you cannot, this will get me fired up, Jamie. Don't get me fired up. Okay. So there are so many moms that have dreams in their hearts. They literally do, whether that's running a 5k, whether that's starting a business, whether that's, you know, running a business, whatever. And, um, so they've got this dream in their heart. And they really want to do it, but they're, they're stopped in their tracks out of fear. It always comes down to fear, fear mm-hmm. of success, fear of failure, fear of what people are going to think of you, fear of, you know, the money piece. There's a million different fears. Um, and yet that same mom, a lot of times will be at the dinner table with her kiddos, you know, at night and telling Johnny, he really should try out for, you know, the drama club or, um, Sally, you really should be going out for, you know, um, soccer and see if you can make it. Or, you know, you really need to be brave enough to be the one that stands up for that kiddo in your class that's being bullied. And so she's talking to her kids about bravery. She's talking to her children about how they need to step out and do things they're not comfortable with, but she has a dream in her heart that she refuses to step out in. And so it's very hypocritical. I hate to say that, Mm -hmm. but it is. I'm like, mama, you can't be telling your kids to be brave and you not demonstrating brave for them. Mm -hmm. And brave does not mean that you're not still scared of fear, you know, fear of success or failure or whatever. Brave just means you're willing to go forth and try it anyway. And so- You know what? I mean, when it, when it boils down to it, your kids so much more is caught than taught Jamie. And so I can try to teach my kids all day long about, um, bravery and doing things we're scared of and, you know, doing things even when you're afraid, but when they actually see their mothers walk that out, they're learning at a whole different level. It's so different. level. It's so good. That's one of my, you know, prayers for my kids is that they'll be able to see that their mom um, believed in something and developed something and did it. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I love it so, so, so much. Okay. So let me walk through this with me. Let's imagine that there is someone listening and they have an mm-hmm. idea. They just yep. have an idea and everyone yep. starts there. Like everyone starts my, yes. I started with a podcast idea. You started with, um, taking your business from you doing all the painting to probably, I would yep. say what changed your business was when you started to make uh, tutorials for people, right? 
It was. Yeah. I started teaching people how to paint their house online. I thought, Oh God, this this is going to be such a big flop. They can get all this information for free on YouTube. And yet here we are. Okay. So we have this idea. Someone has this idea. What do you talk with women about once we have this idea, then what? Because like you said, there's this fear Mm -hmm. involved. And I love that you said fear of success as well and fear of failure and fear of money. We could just fill in the blank with so many things, but someone has an idea. What do you talk? What do you say to them? Yep. Okay. So I love this. All right. So first of all, I think a lot of times, Jamie, people are looking for an idea that's, it's new, it's revolutionary. Nobody's done it before. And I'm like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that because there's probably a reason nobody's doing it. Either it can't be profitable or they've tried it and it's failed or whatever. So, so let's say you've got a woman who's like wanting to do hair bows or she's wanting to make cupcakes or she's wanting to paint furniture, which is my people because I come from a furniture painting background. Um, If you have an idea, you need to look at there's four things. This is what I tell you. There's four things to determine if your idea is going to be successful. So, um, are you selling the right thing to the right people for the right price and at the right time? Okay. So say it again, cause I'm writing down the okay. right thing. Is it, is it the right thing? So if you're trying to sell underwater basket weaving, honey, nobody's going to buy that. Right. You know what I mean? That's not a good idea. So is it the right thing? Is it to the right people? Often I'll have somebody come to me who's got a Facebook page and, you know, they've started this amazing Facebook page, but they've got mostly people that are over 60 following it and they want to sell headbands for little girls. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like the wrong people. So is it the right thing? Are you selling it to the right people for the right price? Um, and price is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, be, and I don't want my people who, any of the people that I coach, I tell them, please don't be like the Walmart of pricing. You don't want to be the one that's the, you know, the lowest price on your product or your service or your whatever. Please don't do that. So is it at the right price? Um, and is it at the right time? So if you're selling Christmas ornaments, but you're starting your business in April, like that's, that's going to be a little bit yeah. of a, you know, a little bit of a thing. So those are the only four things that go into whether or not an idea will actually be successful. Is it, is it the right idea? Are you selling it to the right people for the right price and at the right time? Those are the four things that you've got to think about when you're trying to go from idea to actually putting it into place. And then this is what I'll tell people, Jamie, what I'll tell people next is, okay, so you've got an idea. The next thing you got to do is you got to name that idea. And I know having um, three babies that I've birthed out of this very body, that it's one thing to know that I'm pregnant, but then it's like a whole nother thing when we pick baby names. Do you remember mm-hmm. that, Jamie? Oh, like, yeah. Everything gets more real when it, when something has a name. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so a lot of times women will come up with an idea. They'll come up with a concept. They'll come up with a, you know, a business plan of some sort in their mind but they won't name it. And I'll tell you why they don't name it because once they name it, then it's like, Oh crap. Now I got to actually like do the thing. Now it's like more official. And so if you're trying to get yourself from a place of, I've got an idea to a place of putting an actual idea in action, I always tell them, come up with a name, come up with a name for a name for a Facebook page, a name for your blog, a name for your ebook, a name for your company, a name for something. Cause once you've named it now, it's like way more legit in your own mind. And now when you meet somebody, you know, at the bus stop where you're taking your kids in the morning or PTA meeting or whatever, and they ask what you do for a living, you actually have a name to your business. And instead of going into like a three minute, well, I kind of do this and I kind of do that. And it just feels different even to the people you're talking to. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And I been thinking back, you know, about the thing that I started would be my podcast. So I keep thinking back to that. Mm-hmm. And I remember dragging my feet for so long for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't know what to do. Like it was new for me. It wasn't like right. I understood how to create a podcast. Right. So that was new for me. And that was scary. And then I also just dragged my feet because I thought, 
can I even do this? Of when course. you're starting something new, you just what? go, can I even, is this even possible? But you were so right because when we named it, it was like, okay, here we go. We're going to do this here show and here's what it is. Naming it is like, since I'm in the frozen tundra right now, Jamie, in Kansas City with like sub-zero temperatures, I'm going to use a snowball yeah. as an example. But like naming it is like when the snowball literally starts going downhill and gaining momentum. The naming it matters. It, it totally matters. And um, I have, Jamie, I, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I do have like a free resource if anybody would be interested in it. You can put it in the show notes or whatever, but it's at jenniferallwood.com slash starter pack. And it gives people ideas of like how to start your business name. Um, cause I have a couple of tips and tricks. Like I don't want you to say Jamie's underwater basket weaving, mm. because then you're, you're stuck with that for a hot minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want it to be too cutesy because then nobody can remember. I don't want you to spell it weird and put, you know, TX behind it for Texas, because what if you move to Illinois? Like there's mm-hmm. some tips like that. So if they want to go get that, it's at jenniferallwood.com slash starter pack, but I teach you how to pick a good business name. Um, and let me just say as a side note, the business I started back in the year 2000, and it's still my business name. Jamie, I hate it. It's the magic brush. I have hated it the entire time. But here's what happened. I remember when we were getting ready to start my decorative painting company, which was called the magic brush. And I, I didn't know what to name it. And I had several ideas and I just couldn't figure it out. And like six months into this thing, Jamie, I'm still trying to figure out a stinking business name. And I felt so convicted one day. I'm like, I just have to I just have to pick something and go. And very few things on this side of heaven are permanent. A business name is not one of them. So if you start it now and in five years, you're like, well, that was a boneheaded decision. So you'll change it. But getting something started will do that momentum. It'll get that actual snowball actually going. So name the business. Okay. If you hate it, why haven't you changed it? Um, you know what, because the business, the painting business has been gone now for two years. So the only place that it actually shows up, it's no longer my Facebook page or my Instagram or anything. Um, we still have the website for the painting, um, and decorating of my house and it's all being moved over to jenniferallwood.com in the next like 30 to 60 days. So it will be gone. I love it. Okay. So this is so relative to me right now because I just had a conversation with a friend last week and she has this idea. She wants to start. Um, it's actually a beautiful thing. She wants to start. She wants to start helping parents and train them when they are um, parenting or teaching or grandparenting or coaching or whatever kids who have either been through trauma or come from hard places, things like that. And I'm just like, I mean, it speaks to my heart. I love what she's doing for that. Yes. Oh, I love it. So she's in this whole dreaming up stage. Uh And one of the things we were talking about last week was what does she call this whole thing? Uh And I would love to hear what you say to what I told her. Okay. So this is what I told her. She has this name, and I won't say it just to protect her, but she has this name of the talk that she did, and she was thinking about naming her Facebook page that. And so my advice to her was pick a name that could be almost an umbrella so that let's say she does um, talks or videos, or what if she ever writes a book, or what if she ever writes a kid's book, or what if she ever does anything else? She has this umbrella name that she can put other things under. What do you think about that? Okay. So a couple things. So if she's starting a brand new Facebook page, uh-huh. let me give you um, a, a little bit of a tip on how Facebook works. Okay. So I have 355,000 Facebook followers. And so I, I feel like I know a thing or two about Facebook and the way Facebook works, Jamie, is um, 
If there are other Facebook pages that are dedicated to kiddos coming from hard places, um, kiddos coming, you know, out of adoption, foster care, that sort of thing. She wants to come up as a recommended page. Like, let's say, Jamie, you went. Oh, I see. Yeah. And the only way she can come up as a recommended page. So let's say, Jamie, you saw this page called, you know, kiddos from hard places, adoption or something. Mm -hmm. And so you went and followed that. Well, you would want your friend's page to come up right under it as, well, basically, if you like this. Jamie, we think you'd like this Facebook page too, but her Facebook page is going to have to have a word in it that makes Facebook associate what her page is with other pages that are similar. Does that make sense? Yes. And so, um, for somebody like you, your, your page is Jamie Ivy because you're, you know, a business figure, um, or public figure. Mine is Jennifer Allwood, but I didn't switch it to that until I was at a hundred thousand Facebook fans. Now, um, I don't, you don't have to wait until you get to a hundred thousand to switch it over to a name, but I would not suggest she starts with her name unless it's her name plus kind of what she's doing. Got so it. No, healing kiddos hearts with Jamie Ivy, mm-hmm. you. you know what I mean? Yeah. Something mm-hmm. along those lines where Facebook can make some association because the days of building a Facebook page really big, really quickly are pretty much over, unfortunately. And so she wants all the help she can get from Facebook in terms of Facebook associating what she's doing to what other people in in that same industry are doing. So she needs a word in the title that's going to help associate that. Now, if she decides to write a book or something later on, that's totally fine. We've got a book. um, By the way, I got to tell you all about this at some point. We can text about it later, but my book is hopefully being sold to a publishing house this week. And the title of my book has nothing to do, you know, with my Facebook page name or my website name or anything like that. So it's okay if the, if the book is going to be completely different than her platform name. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this leads me to my next question. And this is probably a personal question that I just want to know. Yes. When someone is building a business, I, here's what I've heard. I've heard that you need to spend adequate time on all the social media places. That gives me a little bit of anxiety. And of course it is. You can be in all the places all the right. time. Right. And so I have found my sweet spot on Instagram. I have a, a dislike in my heart towards Facebook and I have hatred in my heart towards Twitter. Yeah, so, ignore Twitter. Okay. So where I find, and I think you talked about this recently in one of your episodes. So where I find myself is Instagram. If someone's starting new, like they're yep. like, had this new business plan that they're about to start making headbands for little girls. We'll just go there. Absolutely. Would you yep. recommend them doing both Instagram and Facebook? They have to. And here's why. Here's why. Just from a numbers game, because data don't lie, Jamie, just from a numbers game, um, there's no one that can compare with Facebook. All of your people are on Facebook. Facebook has like 2 billion with a B users. It's like so far ahead of still Instagram and, um, and Twitter and Snapchat and anything else. So it has to be Facebook, but, um, you can do I always suggest Facebook and one. So whichever one, this is, this is what I say, whichever one you'd be on, like if Facebook was down and you were sitting in the doctor's office, like that's the one that you would pick for your second. So clearly for you, that's Instagram. Okay. Um, for me, it used to be Pinterest. Like I was obsessed yeah. with Pinterest. Um, and I have, I get a ton of traffic from Pinterest, but my new favorite is Instagram just because of Instagram stories. So you do have to have a presence on Facebook, um, simply just because that's, even if that's not what you love, you've Mm -hmm. got to think about where are your clients at? So if she has, let's say headbands, somebody Mm -hmm. headbands would be great to be on Pinterest and Facebook. Yeah. And the reason on Pinterest, is cause they photograph so well, yeah. and then she can constantly be sending people back to her website. So that's my next question with your social. Are you always sending people back to jenniferallwood.com? Always, yeah. always, always, always. So yeah, because the, the truth is, I mean, 
I lost my Facebook page, Jamie, um, two years ago at Christmas time. I get up one day and, um, you know, I would like to say that I don't roll out of bed and grab my phone right, right away, but, um, but you know, yeah. we're truth telling. We so, um, you know, I grab my phone and open up my Facebook page and I'm like, there's no Facebook page. And I, I'm like, okay, what's happening here? And I remember getting out of bed and coming downstairs and turning on my PC thinking, okay, my phone's obviously whack. No, no, there was no Facebook page. And there was an error that was coming up on the screen, basically saying that I had violated Facebook's terms of service. Oh, no. And, um, oh yeah. Oh no is exactly it. And I'm like, what on earth? And so you know, the thing with Facebook is, is it's really kind of difficult to get a hold of somebody at Facebook. It's not like you can dial 1-800-Facebook, right. you know, and find an actual live person. Um, but I will tell you this, uh, for anybody listening who does have a Facebook page, the way you get access to people at Facebook is by running ads. So if you have run Facebook ads of any kind on an ongoing basis, if you're currently running Facebook ads and you ever run into a huge problem with your ads, then you go in through your, or with your page, you go in through your ads manager and you're able to email people from Instagram inside of that. And then you get a real life human being. So, um, literally for three days, Jamie, my page was missing completely gone. No, could I would email Facebook. They didn't know I would email other business people. They were trying to help me. Um, and then suddenly one day, three days later, my best friend texts me, she goes, honey, your page is back up. And I'm like, what? And there's my page now. So random, so strange. And so what was really cool then Jamie, just as a little side note is it was really awesome. The next week, then I had one of the only posts I've ever had go viral. Okay. Um, and we did 8,000 people in like two days on my Facebook page. So it was kind of like God's way of making up for that craziness. um, And it was a really cool story of what went viral too. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I lost my page. But what that taught to me was, okay, I don't own my Facebook page. I don't own my Pinterest. I don't own my Instagram. I don't own any of it. And it's a very vulnerable position to be in, to know that our business, because those of us that are running businesses, Jamie, I mean, think of how much you use social media for traffic. Yeah. And, you know, to get people to come to, you know, your events and things and, and we're using it to get people to our events right now. And so for you to put all of your eggs into the baskets of people that, you know, have control over your platform, it feels a little bit like it felt when I worked a nine to five and anybody who's ever got laid off from a nine to five knows how vulnerable of a feeling that is. And so what that taught me when I lost my Facebook page is, man, I cannot put all of my eggs, number one, into Facebook's mm-hmm. basket. So I always do Facebook plus one other social media. And number two, the importance of an email list for any business. And so even though I have 355,000 followers on Facebook, I have 80,000 on my email list and 75% of all my sales, Jamie, come from my email list and not Facebook. Okay. This is so, this is like another conversation for another day. And I'm sure you have a class on it. This email list is so important and I am failing. so important because, because that's something that's all mine and I can totally control. And so a lot of business owners, when they're first starting, Jamie, that, you know, they've got the idea and they're like, okay, got the idea. Now I've got the name. Okay, great. And then the next thing needs to be is where can people spend money with you? You have to have some sort of a website. If you want to do Etsy, it's okay to start, but I don't want you to stay there because there too, Etsy has rules. And if you, you know, where to break one of those, they can take your account down or whatever. So if you want to start there, that's fine. But what the goal is, is to have your own website where you collect emails so that then you're able to market to those people at any time with your email list later on. Mm. So that's always the goal. Always. The okay. Goal. That is so, it's such a good thing for us to remember that. Okay. Now I want to talk about your conference that's coming up and yes, I am coming, which I'm so excited about. And so that's super exciting I'm for me, excited. but tell everyone that's listening who is here and they made it this far because they are interested in what we're talking about. And so this conference is something they need to know about. So tell us about it. 
Yeah. So, um, Jamie, I didn't want to have a conference. That's the bottom line right there. And um, God and I have wrestled about this for months and he wins. And so here we are having a conference. And the only reason I didn't want to have it is because um, public speaking has been something that has been very difficult for me in the past. And I can remember my first year of college, Jamie, I took speech. Have I ever told you this story? I took speech my first semester as a freshman in college because in my head, I thought if I have to worry about taking a speech class for the next four years, like I'll have nervous diarrhea for four years. So let me just take it, get it out of the way and we'll be done with it. And then I'll never, ever, ever, ever have to speak in front of people again. And isn't God so funny because now all I do is in front of people. And so fast forward to about five or six years ago and I was asked to speak at a church and I was like, oh man, all those feelings of never wanting to speak again in public, you know, were coming up, but I did it and I had a blast. And then I was asked to speak, um, I'm sure being in Texas, you're familiar with Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, Chip and Joanna were going to be here in Kansas City at the home show and they asked me to speak like, so Chip and Joe spoke and then me and then Chip and Joe again. So I was like a Chip and Joe sandwich in front of 2,000 people. Love it. The whole, no, I didn't love it at all. The whole time I was up there thinking I will surely die right here on stage. God's (laughs) taking me home. Uh, But I made it through. And so I keep I keep doing this thing, even though it's very uncomfortable for me because I feel a deep responsibility to serve the audience that I have. And um, so I'm saying that all to say last year, I went to a ton of different conferences and I kept asking God, why do you have me going to all these conferences? Because at a lot of them, I really felt um, out of place, like kind of the odd man out. It's not a ton of people who have a faith-based business, a very outwardly facing faith-based business, especially in the online space. And so I, I've had this feeling of, gosh, I just don't really fit in. And, you know, this circle of people, or I don't really fit into this circle of people. And I wish God that there was like a conference for people, for business people who want to learn how to grow their small business, but who are people of faith. And I literally, one day I was out for a jog and I had turned off Eminem because I love Jesus, Uh but I also love Good running music. And um, so I was had turned that off and was praying and I just felt like God said, honey, you're it. You're you need to do this. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, I'm gonna buy a ticket and I'm gonna go to somebody else's conference. Um, and and yet here yeah. we are having a conference the first week of May. And so we are super excited about it because we are bringing in people like you um for speaking, and it's gonna be so powerful because what I have found, Jamie, is so often I'll go to like conferences and I'll leave with like this great strategy, you know, to get more people to buy my course. But, but if people are leaving with strategy, but they don't have a conviction that God's going to equip you with every single thing you need to, to implement that, or that, you know, they have ideas for their business, but they don't really know at the end of the day, um, if God's in their business, if he's approving of their business, if it's okay to run this business, like it doesn't matter how much strategy you have, if you're still like lacking um, direction mm-hmm. and a word from the Lord over it. So we are going to combine the two. It's in Kansas city. It's May 2nd and 3rd. Um, people could go look at jenniferallwood.com slash conference. And we've got yourself plus some other amazing speakers. I don't know if you know my friend, Brian. Dixon. I do know Brian. Yeah. Yes, he's fantastic. So Brian's going to be speaking. Chastity Stemmons, who is um, my personal stylist. She travels with me when I go to speaking events. And um, she is just a firecracker on stage, man. That that woman can bring some heat. So she's speaking. Um, Jenny Taylor is in the MLM space. Um, she's very powerful there in terms of um, encouraging women how to build a network marketing business. So those are just some of the speakers that are going to be at the conference. And even though public speaking is very uncomfortable for me, 
I am convinced that God's asked me to do this and there's going to be some women and their businesses that are seriously blessed because well, of it. Well, I love it. And I will say it is a hard space for you to work in to be business and faith forward. And I think that makes people mm-hmm. nervous sometimes or people think that they, because we are women of faith, that we can't want to succeed or want to make money or want to grow. And I think that wow. is one of the things that I have had to wrestle with myself. And then I see other women wrestling with as well, especially people who are in, even in my space that there's a lot of ministry involved in what I do. Not that no one else does, but you know what I mean? Um, sure. And so a lot of times you'll often feel guilty about charging money for it. Yeah. And yeah. And so we are going to be talking a lot about money stories or not a lot, but that is going to be being brought up at the conference. Um, because what I have found, baby, is some women will get to um, this level in their business where they can't seem to get over making a certain amount oh, of money. Yeah. They're kind of stuck there and stuck there and they're kind of stuck there. And usually it's always a spiritual reason that they're stuck there. And so we're going to address things like that, which the marketplace is not talking about. But I'm telling you what, it's the thing that like creates the avalanche um, and just like blows open your business when we can get rid of some of those, um, you know, spots in your life and the way that you're processing and thinking about money and the, what your deep seated beliefs about money, when we get rid of that stuff and we really talk about what God says, um, that's when like major things can happen. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. All right, you guys, there it is. Three great conversations to start this first week of January off for you. I hope there were some nuggets in here that you're able to take home and maybe sit on and chew on and maybe even put into application in your own life. This is a great way for us to start out 2022. I loved every conversation with Laura and Michelle and Jen, and I hope you did as well. You guys come back next week as I sit down with Levi Lesko to talk about a new project that he is releasing this month. And it has to do with space and Jesus. And and you're just going to really love this conversation. And then guess what? Morley K. Kennison is back this month as well. You heard her in December. We played the audio from the Jamie Ivey show, which is exclusively on YouTube. We brought that audio to you. So we have a conversation about what it means when you don't hit your dreams. I mean, that's a great follow up to where we have just come is what does it mean when you have a goal and you don't reach it? How does that feel? And Justin Earley's here this week and Taylor Tippett and so many beautiful conversations for the month of January. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of these shows.
Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh, and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.